Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. I'm very excited today to be speaking with Katie Linendahl. I really became familiar with her just a few years ago. I often will listen to the Sirius XM, the Catholic channel. I like listening to conversations with Cardinal Dolan. I've been a guest on his show to talk about a Lenten journey with Mother Mary. And a few years ago, she was, Katie Linendahl was on as a guest and she kind of brought a grab bag of Christmas items that <laughs> she was showing the Cardinal. And uh, basically, I don't know if it was your intention to give them to him, but he asserted that he wanted one to give as a Christmas gift. And so anyways, uh, when I first encountered you in that way, I uh, immediately began following you on Twitter, on Instagram, where people go to find the content of people that that they've listened to. And just a few weeks ago, Katie Lindahl had a show on SiriusXM called Faith Soundcheck and interviewed some of uh, the leading Christian music artists. And it was a great show. She said something on the show that really touched me spiritually, uh, which was daily scripture reading. And uh, as a priest, of course, I do read the scriptures. I pray with them every day, but not in the way that she suggested, reading a chapter a day. And and so that really was a challenge to me. Katie Linendahl is an American TV host, speaker, and journalist focusing on technology and gadgets. She has reported Reported for NBC's Today Show, CNN, Fox News, Pop Sugar, Popular Science, ESPN, and many other places. And now she's a, a guest here on this podcast, How They Love Mary. Welcome, Katie. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. It's humbling. Thank you. Thank you. And it is a pleasure to be joining you. And thank you for reaching out and just making the time to make this happen. And one of the reasons we're going to be talking today is you just came out with an EP. We'll talk about what an EP is, but a music album that has topped Christian charts. There's uh, four songs on the album. That's what an EP is, just kind of limited songs. And I can't wait to talk about those songs. But first... Let's talk a little bit about the fact that here you are, a person that's really known in technology and gadgets. I watch a lot of your videos on Instagram, on stories, whatever. And so you're in the technology world, but yet you're also in the faith world. So how do the two collide? Ah, oh, what a deep and, and, and wise question. You know, I have been a devout, I've heard this term only recently, I think in my life, a cradle Catholic my whole life. And my faith was instilled by my family, and I grew up in, in Catholic school, and, you know, I'm just, in, we'll speak to this, but, you know, just adamant about weekly mass, and my faith has just grown over the years, and it's just ramped up, and, and, and so proudly so, and especially in, in the space that I'm in in media, many may say, oh, that's really interesting, you know, you're in a, you know, a Hollywood world, if you will, but for me, it is just an integral part of my life. And even though my work is so mainstream, I have been very unapologetic and full of conviction, praise and in and, and prayer and, and everything that I do. And it's the my foundations of Christianity and Catholicism really infuse my choices and throughout a day and who I am as an individual. And you got involved then with the Catholic Channel with Cardinal Dolan. I know that you've even guest hosted with Cardinal yeah. Dolan when Father Dave <laughs> Dwyer or somebody's been away. So how did you kind of get into Sirius XM? Oh, my gosh. It's such a funny backstory because, you know, it, it's such a blessing in my world to 
have the opportunity to do so many work on so many different networks. And I've been in the space of television. It's really what I'm known for. You know, there's YouTubers out there. There's, you know, people that are known on TikTok. My space is truly TV. And it's like what I do. I, I've been in television for almost 20 years now. And I'm going to date myself there. But it was so funny because I was when I my publicist at the time I was like I get me some Catholic media get me some Catholic media and it's like says you know that's a rare ask so when I started I actually was on busted halo first and I was so excited to just be able to have the opportunity to share my faith on air and, and around like people that, that may be intrigued by my background and my media space. So it started on Busted Halo, which is a show on Sirius XM. And then it just grew from there. And, uh, you know, having the pleasure to chat with Cardinal Dolan, and we have an upcoming segment uh, coming up soon, too. It, it's just awesome to, to have so many avenues in the media world where you get on the air like we are now, and to be around people that are you know, you have this conversation, you have this common denominator that is so important and so critical to our spiritual warfare. That's amazing. And that's wonderful. And you've met so many different people, as you just mentioned, Rachel Ray and being on the Weather Channel and so many different shows. Now, one of the things you've done is you also did for SiriusXM that sound faith check. So yeah. was that launched in collaboration with the fact you're coming out with this indie album, this EP? It was, and, and what was so interesting about Faith Soundcheck, and it, it is a project that most likely will continue going, which is a blessing. I felt that, you know, at Mass, as a Catholic, we are used to what I call liturgical music, or as my vocal, uh, one of my vocal coaches will say, uh, she, she sings, she's a cantor, she sings sacred music. But I think that there are also many people are not familiar with Christian contemporary music, which is what I do on the side and my what I love and it's one of my passions. And when people hear Christian contemporary, CCM as it's known, it's almost like pop or country infused with more faithful messaging. And I think, you know, societally speaking, today, what a better outlet to infuse positivity or to inform the day or to have on your playlist, whether you're running or you're on a road trip, great positive music, right? But when people hear it, they're surprised because they're like, oh, that's, oh, that's Christian music? Interesting. Oh, okay, cool. And people have been very surprised by my music. And it's great because it brings in potentially a much wider audience as well. But yes, when I had launched the EP, I had talked to the great people over at the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM, and I said, I pitched this idea, and I said, I know it might be crazy, and I went on a Katie rant that was just like, I, I probably was talking too long, but I was like, could we put the spotlight on other amazing Christian artists that may not be getting the mainstream press, but are selling out arenas and amphitheaters across the globe and are getting some of the largest amount of streams and downloads? Let's hype them. Let's talk about Christian music and maybe get an audience that wasn't exposed to it or that knew some of these great bands or musicians and artists and put a spotlight on it. And I was blown away by the reception to this series. And again, it was called Faith Soundcheck and highlighting some of the biggest bands and having conversations around Christian music in the different styles of Christian music. And it's just been really cool because I, I to my knowledge, there isn't a lot of avenues that have been really just putting a, 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 again, like a banner on Christian music and CCM in general. Now, 
you released this EP, which is short for Extended Play. So this is a, a mini album, four songs. But how do you go from TV show host, technology gadget individual to saying, I want to write music, I want to sing music, I want to put out a Christian album? Oh, it's been a long overdue passion project for me. And I've been in the music space for quite a few years. My, my dad is a drummer. He is way cooler and way more amazing than I am. And so I grew up very musically inclined. And I've dabbled in, I've taken vocal lessons for over 15 years now. And done a number of musical projects. And I also train in music theory and guitar and piano. And over the last year, in my work and what I do in technology and on television, and also just, I run my own production company. So we're typically sometimes like in 2018, we were on the road over 300 days in the year, filming technology stories across the globe. And it was only this last year and speaking to a silver lining amidst everything that was happening. It was only this last year that I said, okay, all this time that I'm not going to be in a plane because all of my work was on green screen or virtual and most of it from home. I had to build my own TV studio and, and uh, I had just moved to Boston in my new house. I said, I'm going to take this time and do, do what I've always wanted to do is put out and hopefully inspire people the way Christian music has inspired me. So thank goodness I'm such a nerd because thanks to technology, I was able to work with producers across the country all remotely and put this album together. And some of it was so humbling because, oh my goodness, some of the most amazing producers, I used four different or three different producers for four of the songs that are on the EP and just so many different musicians that are such experts in their space. And it was an incredibly exciting project to do over the last year. But I don't think, you know, had we been in, not been in this landscape and again, just silver lining of the time, I'm not sure. And, and, the nerdiness of my technology, everything kind of just worked itself out in, in, in a blessing to be able to create this at this time. Did you write the songs? You wrote the lyrics yourself. Did you have help with that? How, how was that process? Yeah. So there's four songs on the album, as you had mentioned, and two of the songs, my friend helped me work out, if you will. And then the other two, I, I wrote pretty quickly. I, I'm my goodness. I, I'm going to overshare and just say, I have so many songs. I feel like it's, it's, I don't feel like I, I know it's the work of the Holy Spirit. They come to me very quickly and they get loopy in my head. Like I just keep, they keep looping and looping and looping and looping. And I have to just like put them down on paper. And oftentimes I'll be laying there at night and it'll just hit me. And as my, um, my music supervisor said, he's like, that's a gift from God. And if you're not getting up, because you know you're tired and you're falling asleep and something hits you, it's like you better be writing that down or putting down a voice memo, which is often what, I've, what uh, uh, people in our music do. We, we use our voice memos all the time in our, in our iPhone. And it's just, it was hard to choose four songs, but I, I think lyrically, that's one of the parts of, the, there's many parts of the putting a music, a song together or an album together, but that's one of my favorite parts. But probably the part for me speaking is the, is the quickest, but um. One of the more interesting ones, too. As a writer, I can attest to what you just said about using your voice memo. I write notes all the time. Like, I will just put one sentence in my notes app, and that's yes. going to yes, spark yes, yes. me to write something. And it's funny because I'll go back and I'll find these things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do with that because I hadn't yet done it. So uh, totally. there's always. Don't you have moments, too, where you like go back and you're like, whoa, I didn't. 
I, I put that down. I, I don't even kind of remember doing that voice memo, but that's a good one. <laughs> That's, interesting that's great the first the first uh, song on your album is called jericho battle cry and i bet there are people out there that might say well what is jericho and so what is jericho yeah the battle of jericho it based biblically this was a really interesting song and an exciting song to write and the way i describe it is it's equal parts americana and vigor and scripture and truly just listening to the word of God and biblically speaking, and you could probably do a much better pic- job uh, painting the picture of the Battle of Jericho than I, but it is where the Israelites were, were taking over or trying to take, get into Jericho, which was fortified by the walls of Jericho. People are, no, this city was, was totally fortified. And they were commanded by God to go around Jericho six times for six days And on the seventh day, go around seven times and then sound up, sound their trumpets. And when they did that with all of this spiritual warfare and they sounded their trumpets up, the walls of Jericho came crashing down. So it's the Israelites defeating the Canaanites in the book of Joshua. When I was working with this amazing producer on the song, I was almost too scripturally speaking so we had to cut down some of the wording but um it was really cool to be able to write because the chorus is seven times on the seventh this is a battle the earth is gonna shake a nation rattle and putting those words together were in coming from a a proud military family i loved coming out the gate with jericho battle cry and it's been humbling because it's doing so well in every milestone that we have. You know, I, I I had told you offline, you know, as we were chatting, I feel like I'm having a David and Goliath moment because I'm an independent, I, I self-produced and self-funded or self-funded rather the entire album. And to have these moments of, you know, we hit number one for the entire month of April on the Christian radio chart. It was just, it was huge. It was such a victory for me and my team. And to know that we came out the gate with Jericho battle cry just meant all the more. Is the message on Sirius XM or K-Love, have they picked up the song and they're playing it? We are pushing hard on the message right now. God willing, they play it. You know, we've been we've been on so many radio stations. This is interesting to share across the globe. And that's what really has been, I was like taken back by because, you know, just the other day I got a message from the UK, one of the stations there. And then seeing, because I can go into my analytics and see what countries are, are playing it and what stations are playing it. And it's just been mind blowing because I, I don't know if anybody listening has ever read this the starfish story it's like the little boy's on the beach and he's throwing the starfish that washed ashore back into the water and this guy goes why are you throwing the starfish and you're never going to get to all of them there's hundreds of starfish there and he's like it matters to each one that i save you know and my point is you know it's like to each person that i impact it's the starfish story it's like it, that to me is so profound and to know that other countries are even listening to this is is so exciting and it just goes to show that your work can be so impactful when, especially in this era of technology where it's 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 all over i mean you, you can be you can be anywhere and everywhere with the song jericho battle cry is it in a sense that we need the same battle cry today as we face the forces of evil a hundred percent and that's what gets me so fueled up about this song and why i want to get people so amped up it's like this is a, this is a battle this is a battle of light and dark and it is 
met with spiritual warfare and vigor and sound up. And one of my favorite lines in the song is, fear knows no place here, hear the battle cry. And the, the bridge of the song, if you will, is come as you are with your weapons of faith. Put on the armor of God. Get on your knees and pray, which is pulled from Ephesians 6.11. And I just, it, it, it fuels me to even just, just be having this conversation because it is, we are in a battle. And it's like, be the Maccabee, right? It's like, it, it, now is the time to, light is, is, is game on against the darkness, and one of the saints that we implore, especially against darkness and evil, I know is one that you are a big fan of, and that is St. Michael. So how did your devotion to St. Michael the Archangel come around? <laughs> I'll share something that I've never shared before. Um, maybe it's this. Maybe we we're meant to have this moment. Um, I actually, this is such an overshare, but you're getting it here first. <laughs> I jumped off a bridge when I was 17 into water, of course, um, and I broke my back and I missed being paralyzed by, I was told, millimeters. And I was always a, I, I still am very competitive person and I wanted to be the only girl to jump off this 100 foot bridge, right? And I, I did it off a dare. I think we, it was like a, a pizza and an Italian ice and to be the only girl to ever have made, jumped off this train trestle bridge. And I did it. I broke my back. Wow. And it was it was brutal. It was a brutal. Um, if anybody's seen the movie Office Space, where the, like the guy breaks it, like he's like in the, he be he he's like he's laying there in the hospital, and he like has. <laughs> it's not a good scene. I felt like I was having that moment, but I had prayed to Saint Michael the Archangel for spiritual healing, and my doctor was like miraculous recovery. I don't want to use the word miraculous. I don't know if that was exact, and maybe paraphrasing. I never had to have surgery. My body healed so quickly and it was this moment, I think that was, and I think over time I had maybe lost my connection to St. Michael, but we're back in this time where I have such a huge affinity to him and his superhuman virtuosity, if you will, if that's a, a, a word, but I think it, it, it was ignited there. I think it was that moment when I was 17 and I'm so glad I was not paralyzed. It was a I've been through a lot medically in my life, <laughs> but that moment, I mean, it was, uh, it was very, very intense. And I think that you're trying to come out with some clothing that features St. Michael that yeah. you really want to promote devotion to him, don't you? I sure do. I want to spread the word. I like it to talk about evangelizing. I, I worked with my, one of my designers and we created, I, I felt like we see depictions of St. Michael, which are fantastic, right? But I felt like there was a modern warrior St. Michael imagery missing. And just the way I envision St. Michael in battling today's darkness, I worked with my designer back and forth for over a year creating this imagery. And I created merchandise that is all around St. Michael the Archangel. And it's there's a line above it and below it. And it says, not all angels play the harp. Some are called to battle. And I'm so proud of the imagery and the merchandise. I, I didn't want to do merchandise. I, I, To be honest, I don't like taking money from anybody. I'm like, you know, I have a blessed career in technology and I didn't want to do that. But I did tie 50% of all my music and merchandise to small nonprofits. So the Jericho, Jericho Battle Cry is tied to Bugles Across America, which is a small nonprofit that has supplied 2 million hours of volunteer time 
for veterans' funerals, and again, noting that I come from a proud military family, a lot of people don't know that when the sound of taps is played at a veteran's funeral, oftentimes there is a shortage of buglers. So this nonprofit organization across the country supplies volunteers at no cost to sound taps live at veterans' funerals to give them that dignity, to give them that bridge to paradise. So it was a it was such a perfect alignment of this St. Michael the Archangel gear, bugles across America, Jericho battle cry, my proud American uh, military family, and just everything just really came together. And I mean, obviously, got at work with this with this with everything in the diocese of green bay where i serve as a priest we have the diocese newspaper and i know that just this past week they had a little you know your catholic neighbor feature about this guy who since covid has gone to all of the military funerals has been playing every one of them and you know very honorable and as of course as catholics we talk about honoring the dead praying for the dead and so every day he's doing that he's living the corporal works of mercy that is amazing is he is he um playing bugle or trumpet you know i couldn't tell yet i'd have to look at the uh, article to to give his time back to our veterans is like so noble so so noble you have another song on your album jericho battle cry called why oh why and every time i listen to this song i know that there has to be a backstory behind it because it seems like the song comes from a place of hurt or from a place of pain or or something because of questioning or whatever because there's even a line that says you know when you're feeling like you don't want to pray or i have that feeling and so what is the story behind why oh why absolutely thank you for asking so why oh why was a song i wrote after i I volunteered in the pediatric cancer space for about seven eight years and i knew when i was taking on that mission that i wasn't going to just go in and and it it was it was such a important role for me and i tied the work i was doing was was being really a big sister to a number of select families and one of my dearest families, the Winnefeld family, I got to know this little boy named Cole. And Cole was my little bestie. And I knew him for so many years. And I watched him battle, battle, talk about battling. You know, he had neuroblastoma and was just in chemo and radiation on and off in hospitals across the country for so many years. And when he unfortunately lost his battle, it was crushing. I mean, I, I never thought like I would be speaking at a funeral. Like I just, I, it, it, it was in the way the, what I watched the family do and everything they possibly could to save him, and it, it was just crushing. And it was a moment in my life, and he's still with us. And I, I could share so many stories about his passing moments and how we thought he was sharing a little bit of how he had a glimpse of heaven before he passed, and a, a very profound impact on my life. Clearly, and. That story is about Cole. And I think, you know, when he passed, it was, you look at these moments where, and then I say in the song, it's like in these deepest of valleys, it's where faith really counts, where, where you're hurting so bad because you watch this little boy go through so much pain and this family go through so much pain. It's like, why, oh, why? And give me one good reason for goodbye. And if a light is taken, won't you let that light be mine? I would have 100% handed my life over 
to save Cole. And it, it, he had so many years left. And it's just, it's crushing to just talk about, obviously. But it, 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 you have these moments where your faith is put to test. And you don't feel like praying right now. You just want to let it all out. You just want to just have a moment to just go, oh. But you have to remember that those deepest of valleys are where faith is the most important. And thank goodness we have these foundations of faith that we can be so grounded to because we're... I know I'll see you again, Cole. Like I, I 100% know that because I have that faith. And I think that's where it's the most important. But it's also, it's, it's like a dichotomy. It's also the most challenging. I know people in my own parish that have had these experiences. One family, their son dies. The same, the same father of that kid, uh, about 15, 20 years earlier, his brother was shot by, you know, a, a friend at their house on accident. But, you know, so there was tragedy after tragedy. And, yep. and you would say, why, oh, why is this happening why, oh, to why? this family? Or just recently, there was uh, a father that died of cancer last year, and then the mother just died, and they le both leave behind these kids. They're not in my parish, Ugh. but they're in the area. Ugh. I know people that know them. Uh, a few years ago, as a pastor, uh, I had a, a young man who was relatively about my age uh, in, in our 30s. He had uh, he he was married, had four kids. None of them had made first holy communion, so that tells you they're very young at that time. Now two of them mm -hmm. have, and I've given them their first holy communion, been a part of that, but. He dies of cancer, and you see how these people are being left behind, that that yes. now he's gone. And you wonder, why, oh, why? And I think, you know, it's that person that doesn't have faith that asks and kind of just walks away from it, says, I can't believe in a God like this. And I struggled for a long time after that one, just because I was really close mm -hmm. with the family and, and really walked with him. There were encouraging moments, like you mentioned, uh, about your about your friend Cole, that he had some sort of vision of heaven beforehand. And, and mm -hmm. we truly believe that this man did. When he closed his eyes, he said, Jesus. And so we believe that he saw the Lord as he was passing, you know. So, so it's those stories that really provide us that hope that uh, that deepen our faith and trust. That obviously we will see them again. That what Jesus did on the cross, what he did by rising on Easter Sunday, gives us a promise, as you so eloquently spoke. Oh, I love that, and I, I feel for you too. You know, I think one thing in your role that I, I'd be interested to ask you is, you know, it, it must be hard and maybe you can or can't speak to it, but people are coming to you during these times asking you those questions. And it's almost like you have this weight on you to be that, to be that voice of, 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 of hope to say, you, you, you know, you got this. Like I, I imagine that you feel it in a very profound way, like a, a weight almost on you to be that, that messenger that you, you got to keep, to that foundation of faith that you have. I think it comes out, especially as a pastor, it comes out when you preach at that funeral, that mm -hmm. you have to touch people who are at so many different levels of faith or non-practice. Just uh, the other week, I had a funeral for a guy. He just retired, and then he fell off a ladder, and then basically 
broke his skull and he dies and they had he and his wife had so much that they were looking forward to in their retirement and so you ask again why or why god did you let this happen when they wanted to enjoy all of these years together and so there i was preaching this homily trying to touch the people there uh in this moment of crisis and so i think it really has to come out in your preaching Uh, And then when you walk with those people one-on-one, when they come to you with those questions, when they are struggling uh, to, to be there for them and to, to say those words. And, and really it's, it's God who speaks in us and through us. That's what Jesus says in the gospels. Like I will give you the words to speak. And so we really need to have that trust that, that we are speaking what God is, how God is leading us through the power of the Holy spirit. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's quite awesome. We've been talking about your album, Jericho Battle Cry. And as we've talked, it's very clear you're a, a woman of profound faith. Earlier, you described yourself as a lifelong devout cradle Catholic. And so, <laughs> of course, then, you know, Mary has to play a role somehow in your life. So what is the role of the Blessed Mother uh, in your life as a woman? When you had reached out and you said, you know, I don't know if you're interested in paraphrasing it to do a speaking about Mary. I'm like, you don't have enough time. You don't have enough time to talk about Mary. <laughs> because I think you, we all have our own, you know, personal devotions. But for me, it, it, it's this this range. If I could do my best to ar- articulate, I think in my faith and again, just ramping it up over the years, especially the last five, ten I've always been most fascinated with the mysteries of faith and especially with Marian apparitions and whether it's Lourdes or Nock or Medjugorje, Fatima, I have been so fascinated with just the intercession. And again, forgive me if I'm not articulating this properly, but just those, those, those visions. And I think, you know, on that one end of the spectrum, I'm fascinated by Marian apparitions but then on the other end it's in uh, I've been devoted to daily rosary and go you know when you're depending on the day of the mysteries thinking about the smaller times uh, the the little in-betweens as I call them of you know maybe we were focused on the wedding at Cana and how you know six of these jugs were turned into wine but really what was Mary thinking in these in-between times? Like, was that a moment where she went home and was proud or what was she thinking of the times where Jesus needed a snack? And I don't mean that in a sacrilegious way, but these 33 years that she spent so intimately with him that we may not have the recordings to, what was she thinking in these in-between times where was he tired when he was a toddler and she knew that he needed to take a nap? Like, do you ever think about that? And I, I, I propose this question to you because I think oftentimes that, yes, we do think about the, the, the Marian apparitions and that's such a grandiose, uh, exciting thing to think about. But also these littler moments that she went through with Jesus and with Joseph and just, you know, keeping him healthy, I, I just, I, I, I think is so interesting to think about. And I don't know, I don't know, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I definitely think that's a topic worthy of meditation. Uh, Of course, we pray with our imagination. We can pray with some of these things in the rosary, of of course. And 
So sometimes as this year of St. Joseph goes on, I've been writing, you know, praying the stations with St. Joseph. And now I just did praying the rosary with St. Joseph and, and trying mm. to find that Joseph connection to each of the mysteries to these marks of Jesus's life. And for, for me, I've, I've been praying a lot sometimes with, okay, well, what was it like when Jesus fell down for the first time as a mm. toddler or a kid and Mary rushes there or, um, or, or Joseph, you know, how do they tend to his wounds knowing that he's going to fall on his way to Calvary, that he's going to be wounded for our transgressions. So yeah, there's so much there, uh, that, that you can sit with. Um, Mary went to the well to retrieve water. She made food for yeah, for yeah. the Holy Family. She cleaned the house. In fact, we just had the olive wood people at my church. Uh, they were selling the Holy Land olive wood. And there was a statue, and it was a woman, and she had a broom. And I said, oh, is this Mary? And they told me, no, this is Martha. And I'm like, oh, I get that. And so I'm like, I bought it because I wanted to think it was the Blessed Mother. But uh, nevertheless, you know, she cleaned the house. She cared for that family, the home there. So, so there is so much of the little things, as you said, that we can take inspiration from, or that as we do the ordinary of our life, we can say, well, Jesus and his family did this same thing too. It, it, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think, you know, we don't have a lot of those scripturally speaking, biblically speaking, but it's it's okay, if I may ask. It's okay to use the, to to think about those things. Definitely, right? yeah, definitely. When you pray the rosary, if you're praying about the childhood of Jesus in the nativity and the presentation, the the finding, you know, it says right at the end of that that chapter of the finding of Jesus in the temple. Well, he went home with Joseph and Mary, and there grew up in that home in Nazareth. And so, so yes, reflect on what Nazareth was like uh, and think of those moments for sure. Love it. So you talked about Marian apparitions and being fascinated by the messages of Our Lady. And, uh, you know, my story, and I've really gained kind of this reputation as a Marian apparition scholar and, and whatnot. I like writing about other things about Mary, but that's what a lot of people associate me with, especially because in my diocese in Green Bay, we have the champion apparition where Mary appeared in 1859 <gasps> to Adele Bryce. And so I've done a lot of the theological work and background on interpreting the message and the apparition and everything of that nature. So I guess I'm wondering what Marian apparition speaks to you the most? Which one do you love? Oh my! Well, I, I wish you could see me right now because my mouth was like wide. What? I, I had no. I have so much more homework to do on you. I thought <laughs> I. I only, I've only scratched the surface. As I was saying to you, you know, when we were chatting. I'm so impressed by your background, but I didn't even know that little component there. So, my goodness, that's very exciting. Uh, for me, I, I would say, Fatima. I, I, I guess you know May 13th and uh, on the precipice of. May and the the thirteen. It's interesting. the The number thirteen, I I feel like, is intertwined. You know, people many people say it's superstitious, but her appearing on the thirteenth of the month has has actually made it a good number for me. I don't like to. We're not superstitious. We're Catholics, but you know that numeral number is always playing into your into your daily happenings. And um, I think just the 
the the the the children there in the story. I, I've I've gone pretty deep on that on that scene and just where the church has stood on it and read a lot about Fatima and in the secrets. And I'm fascinated by the secrets. I'm fascinated by the third secret, as many people are. And I, I think that I'll I'll hold on to that for 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 the rest of my life. I, I you know I. It's hard not to. It's hard not to when you start doing the homework and learning more and more about Fatima and the secrets and if the secrets have have or have not been complete, com- completely revealed. And it's a really interesting, it's just fascinating. How could it not be? Have you been to Fatima as a pilgrim? Or also, maybe I'll ask at the same time, have you seen that new film on Fatima that just was out this past year? I was so excited when I saw that film getting the mainstream like when you go on to you, you know like the homepage of i don't remember where it was was it like uh youtube or wherever plat- streaming platform i was i was on and seeing that it got the headline press that it did i was so pumped it was like that's a shining moment for us and one of my uh dear friends who's a big editor in hollywood and a devout catholic he we were having kind of the same moment because we're like yeah it, it's getting that spotlight and we both were and then another one of my friends who's a Catholic uh, pop artist, he was like, I'm so glad that it was done so well, because it was really shot incredibly well. And I I watched it, I was a little um, multitasking while I was watching it, but very, very impressed with the cinematography. And I'm just glad that it was just as good as it was, it got the press that it did. And we were like having a Catholic moment, you know? Another film like that was Pray by uh, about Father Patrick Payne, this kind of docudrama type film but it was even in the runnings uh for an oscar for an academy oh. award i believe i saw that the uh catholic channel here in, in boston where i'm located they were having some press around that um i have to check that out and then also i'd be remiss to not say the miracle of the sun the cartoon was something that i watched in catholic school many many years ago but i actually i bought the dvd i think it is and i'm like oh my goodness i have to show my niece and nephew the the miracle of the sun it's one of my favorite little cartoons and it was very memorable for me in my youth i don't know if you ever saw that growing up i can't say that i saw it i'm familiar with it i'm sure i watched it it was always like if EWTN was on, I'm sure I watched The Day the Sun Dance. But that's a yeah. film, you know, what I should do is I should just buy that kid's movie and watch it and have it on hand and give it out, loan it to people or, or show it so even good. to our young people. So Yeah, right? Well, okay. Okay, let's continue. So about the Blessed Mother, uh, maybe just two or three questions more about Mary. And these are questions that I ask uh, most of the guests. And so do you have a favorite title for the Blessed Mother? Oh, wow. How there, interesting. There are lots of them. She's a woman of many names and titles. You know where I recently discovered that? I had come across, was it the chaplet of our, I don't know if it was, I may stand corrected on the titling, but it was a, a, a Marian chaplet that I recently stumbled upon. And it, it, it showed so many different names. That, and I was like, wait, is this, am I on a Catholic prayer what's happening here because it was like tower of ivory um and then like ones that you knew like our lady of sorrows and but it was so many different titles that i i guess i've never thought about this i i'm gonna have to like really think about it and report back 
And, and you probably, you know, when you think about Mary, you call her the Blessed Mother, Our Lady. Sure. The, you know, probably some of those more familiar titles then. Uh, for the rosary, you kind of already gave a little insight about like those little hidden moments. But when you pray the rosary, is there a tip that you could offer someone to help them pray the rosary better? You know, I'm glad you answered the question that you did earlier because, as you can probably tell, I've I've got a lot of energy and I'm like really I'm I'm, I'm almost on the too much energy side, and it's I, I I pray to God and I say thank you for your patience with me, thank you for your understanding of my sometimes I lose focus, <laughs> and it's because I'm like my brain's got like way too many cylinders firing, but I start to think about those moments biblically and historically and. You know, depending on the day, like that, the joyful mysteries, we take that for example, and it's like the, the visitation of, of the, the Annunciation, Gabriel speaking to Mary and what that moment must have been like. And I tried to like envision myself almost as a, and please tell me if this is wrong, but I try to envision that moment almost like I'm seeing it as a time traveler and historically what that moment would have been like where this young woman is greeted by you know the Archangel Gabriel, or is it Ar- he's it- yep, Gabriel's an Archangel, Archangel, right? Yep. Yeah. And just that moment of what that would have been like, and it, she, you know, she said, "I'm the handmaiden of the Lord," and had this. She was she was the new Eve, as I've heard recently referred. Maybe that may be a an interesting title, but I heard a, in a homily. I thought that that moment, God gives free will, and she said yes, and to think about. All that impact and everything that she took on in that moment with with uh, with like a hundred percent. So to just envision these moments almost as like a time traveler. And I, I just think it's really interesting to have that that canvas painted and to think about what she would what she almost was thinking about. And as the new Eve said yes. I don't know. I think it's it's fascinating. Well, you definitely can do that. I love that recommendation, actually. It's almost like you're trying to be there in the person of Mary saying, well, what are you feeling? What are you experiencing? And so I think that would be a profound meditation as you pray those Hail Marys, for sure. And I also may, may I'd be probably remiss to say, you know, I know we're all busy. We're all extremely busy. And I don't, I never like when people say, do this. It's like, don't tell me what to do. I'm an independent woman. I run my own life. But I, I just, it, it's it's a commitment, but I actually utilize YouTube, uh, Catholic Crusades, and I put on YouTube, and I do the rosary, I, it's really something in the last year-ish of my life, I commit to doing the rosary a day, and I feel like we all have 15 minutes, right, for the Blessed Mother. Like, I, I just, I feel very strongly about it, and um, there's somebody I follow in the Catholic space, and he says... If you don't say the rosary, you're not on the team. And it's, mm. it's such a great line because it's like you, you have 15 minutes for the Blessed Mother, right? And even if, if – I think God would – and I'm not going to say like – I think it's okay if you lose focus. So just get back in there. Just just pick it back up. Just you, You're all right. And who am I to say? But maybe that's okay to say. On the days you miss the rosary, let's say you neglect it, I think those are days where you experience a lack of peace, that that really the rosary is a, a way in which we truly experience God's peace. And that's what Mary says, you love Fatima, and she says, pray the rosary every day for peace in the world. And so I think as we pray the rosary, not only is it peace in the world, but it's peace in my life and in my heart and in my family and my home and all of these different areas as well. It's such a good foundation to the day to know that you gave that commitment.
I call it like a non-negotiable. <laughs> and I, I actually had a question for you about the rosary because it, is it okay to break it up? I, it's not something I've done, but I am curious is if if that's an acceptable way to say the rosary. Yeah, so to pray one decade in the morning, another decade at lunch or whatever. Yeah, I think that yeah. that's, that's reasonable. Um, I think that the best thing is, is that you're praying. And so if you're praying the rosary, and if you pray all five mysteries, and you get to them throughout the course of a day, well, then uh, you've reflected on scripture. I, I always go back to one of St. Louis de Montfort's quotes. He says that, uh, that when you pray the rosary, it exposes you to the stories of the scriptures. And if you don't pray the rosary, when would you have that time to pray with the scriptures? Would you know the gospel story otherwise? So so I think any time that you pause to, to pray a decade, and there's also power just, if we think of the words we pray, there's so much power there. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Yeah, I'm a sinner. Pray for me right now. And pray for me at the hour of my death. And so anytime that we say those words, it's a powerful moment because not only is it helping us right then and there, pray for us sinners now, but also then at that hour of our death when maybe there is this great battle going on for our soul, as some of the saints suggest. And so there Mary comes and she comes to our aid and defends us and prays for us as we draw that dying breath. Oh, it's beautiful. Now, one other thing. Now, you've traveled all over the country, all over the world for that matter. And so, obviously, you've seen many different places. Have you visited a Marian shrine? So, there are lots of shrines to the Blessed Mother. Is there a Marian shrine that maybe you've visited that has stood out among the many? The one that's coming to mind is... My goodness, and I've, it, one of the coolest things is traveling, doing so much travels and seeing so many different Catholic churches all across the world. There's a, is it the the one in Orlando? Is that a... Oh, Our Lady Queen of the Universe. You have nailed it. And I've been there many times, and forgive me that I didn't know it off the top of my head, because they do such a wonderful mass and it's often known because a lot of people are going to Disney World and it's like <laughs> you know that's one of the few times in my life I, I miss mass in Orlando one of the handful and I still feel terrible about it because again it's like a big thing for me and um, knowing that 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 Mary Queen of the Universe is there in Orlando for any visitors especially that it's it's really a beautiful facility very beautiful they have mass. a beautiful statue of Mary, I know as well, and yeah, I've been there. I've been, I've been, only been to Orlando one time, but uh, was able and to you make it there. Well, <laughs> that's I, impressive. It, it was funny. I went there. This is kind of an aside story, but uh, <laughs> my friends took me there because uh, we we had gone to Disneyland or whatever world. I, I don't know which yeah. ones where, but uh, we were there and. They're like, oh, we got to go to Our Lady, Queen of the Universe and, and whatnot. I said, okay. And so so here I am. It's like December 28th. I walk in, shorts, T-shirt, whatever. And uh, I go to the Mary section. Lo and behold, there's a copy of one of my books <laughs> that they're <gasps> selling at their bookstore. So it was just kind of one of those moments where it's like, oh, look at this. And well, um, me, that gift yeah. shop, I didn't want to be the one to say it. That gift shop is amazing. Yeah. I can hit that gift shop really hard. So you're in great company there. That's impressive. Yeah. So so that's my memory of that place. I, I 
sometimes that picture comes up on memories or whatever, or your phone wants you to remember yeah. it. So anyways, well, that's great. Well, Katie, we've had such a lovely conversation today about faith, about your life as a Catholic, as a person in the media, uh, as now a musician, a CCM, a Christ contemporary Christian musician, topping the charts. Do you expect to release another EP or another album sometime in the future? Oh my goodness, like God willing, I have so many more songs lined up and we are just we are just getting started. So I it was truly a a a blessing to to see that it was well received because it just fuels the uh it fuels the drive to keep it going which we would plan to do. Yes, and if you ever need help with a song about the Blessed Mother, oh! don't forget my number. <laughs> Y'all are going to be sad that you said that because I I will likely take you up on that. that that'd be great. I'd love to collaborate. I love collaborating on those things. So Amazing. if people want to learn more about your work, Katie, how can they do so? Yes, please. You can head on over to katielinendahl.com slash music and you can find Jericho Battle Cry anywhere that you get music from Amazon to Spotify to Apple Music. It's all over the place. And the biggest thing for me is giving back 50% of all downloads, streams and merchandise are to nonprofits, small nonprofits that are very close to my heart. And I encourage people to give you a follow as well on Twitter and Instagram. I know that you are one of the chirpiest and happiest people I see on social media. And so it is always a delight to take in your content for sure. Well, right back at you. Thank you for saying that. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Katie. And I look forward to another conversation sometime on How They Love Mary. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. If you don't mind, please leave a review of How They Love Mary on Apple Podcasts. Share the podcast with your family or your friends. It's available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, or wherever people find their podcasts. And if you don't mind, please give me a follow on social media at the handle at FR Edward Looney. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, let's remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless. Mm -hmm.